Asshole Court is a bi-weekly podcast in which a group of lifelong friends choose a controversial public figure and examine their history through available public records and various publications to determine if that person is as much of an asshole as the general public suspects. We rate the subjects on a not-so-scientific scale, ranging from Mr. Rogers to Hitler, 1 to 11, and average out the three scores in the end for our final number. Just a reminder, our judgment has no legal weight, is strictly an opinion, and is subject to change at any time, especially in the case of new evidence. It shouldn't be taken seriously, so just don't. He hails from Transylvania. He possesses a shocking, seemingly insatiable bloodlust. He resided in a castle in a spooky forest in the Carpathian Mountains of Romania. He's become famous worldwide. Everyone listening to this podcast is familiar with Dracula. But on today's episode, we're not talking about the black cape-wearing, widow-peaked hairstyled, undead vampire version of Dracula. We're talking about the Wallachian warlord who drove fear into the heart of Romanian peasants and their children for centuries after his death. The man whose violent acts and notoriety for cruelty ultimately inspired British author Bram Stoker to pen his infamous novel villain. But what is the real story behind Vlad Dracula III? Was he truly as bad as some historians make him out to be? What made one of his contemporaries say that he was, quote, a man of unheard cruelty? How could a man who honestly looks like Bob Saget with a 70s porno stash and a Rick James wig become such an everlasting terror to the people of Eastern Europe? Get ready to find out on this Halloween spooktacular episode of Asshole Court. I want to suck your blood. Okay, Randy, buddy, you guys know anything about our boy Vlad? Ah, oh, man, a little bit. I wound up going down a weird rabbit hole about impaling. We'll get into that later. Obviously, to be the basis of Dracula, you got to have a little bit of uh, assholery to you. And we know just off the bat, I knew he killed a lot of people, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. I'm going hard in the paint right off the rip. I'm going to go 7.5. Okay, Vlad. I like it. All right. Um, I never really knew anything about him i did my google research mm-hmm. on him before the show and i mean the dude looks like he has a lincoln log on his lip yes. uh, it's just it's pretty bad but yeah. i mean if you got it back then why not go for it i guess i don't yeah. know well uh, too with being from like that part of the world probably very patchy beards going on i would imagine uh, that they're pretty hairy though like eastern european women are notorious for being like super hairy so the dudes have to be even beyond that so he could probably have a full on like, you know, I don't know, a ZZ Top beard, but he just, <laughs> I imagine that at that point, like owning a razor was a, like a legitimate sign of wealth. So he was like, I'm just going to keep the super stash. Yeah. Like what would people shave with if they didn't have a razor or couldn't afford one? Would you use like your sword or something like that? I'd or, like to think so. Or a hatchet or something? <laughs> yeah. Something cool like that. All right. I did see that he lived up to his name, Vlad the Impaler. So I'm going to also start him off pretty hard in the paint. 
I'm going to give him a point higher than Randall and go with an 8.5. Yeah. 8.5. All right. And uh, I chose this one. I remember reading about this guy because I read uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula when I was in middle school and was fascinated by the whole story. And then to find out that there was a guy that it was based on, interesting. And then you read about it and you're like, wow, that's pretty fucked up. So yeah. uh, mine is uh, even higher. Mine's a 9.0 to start out with. Oh, nice. 9.0. I feel like a big pussy now. No, I wouldn't feel bad. <laughs> All right, with a 7.5 from Randy, an 8.5 from Buddy, and a 9.0 from Mikey, Vlad the Impaler's pre-show asshole score is an 8.3 repeating. All right, you guys ready to impale some motherfuckers? I, I guess. My my score feels low. We had, like, <laughs> I feel like Cardi B around the same Yeah, score. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, she was a blood, so. Uh, yeah, this uh, is yeah, true. I don't yeah. know if she impaled anybody, though. Maybe with a high heel or something. Right. Yeah, with a strap on. <laughs> It's probably happened. I mean, think about she it. She failed some of the guys she took back to the hotel. Yeah, yeah. she's a I pegger. Mean, she may have pegged Offset from the Migos. Yeah. What ass pegger? Yeah, there you go. Wicked ass pegger. <laughs> Offset from the Migos knows better than anybody. <laughs> Vladislav Dracula III is born in 1431 in Sigisaura, Transylvania. I well done. Yeah, that's... I don't even know how to fucking pronounce that. Okay. Sigisaura. It's like the gun, yeah, right? Sort of. We'll go with that. There's actually an S with a little like devil's tail on it. <laughs> even though <laughs> that's how when you when you see like signs and and like on letters that you've never seen before, I have no clue how to. It's not an umlaut. It's not you know. It's I don't know. First name again. What is it? Vladislav. Okay, Vladislav. I was wondering, like, with Vlad, Vlad, like yeah, me, Vladimir usually is is what it is more commonly now. But, but Vladislav, he's Slavic, so certainly he's Vladislav. Slavic. Was that a popular European name back? This is his dad's name. I mean, I'm sure there was plenty of Vladislavs. Okay, there's plenty of like Vladimirs now. Sure, there's Vladislavs. You know, I don't know. I have some Russian friends. We should invite them on this show for this one. But no, I don't know. Let's go with that. All right, all right. Super common name, Joe Dracula. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that was his name pretty much. I mean, odds are he was probably just called Vlad the Third since the concept of surnames was a bit different back then. Yeah. yeah you didn't sure. really go have like, hey, you know, I'm so in Joe Smith or whatever. You were just like Joe, son of whatever. Who knows? Yeah, I didn't know if like Vlad or Vlad was kind of like Brad. The year it is. Yeah, Vlad Pitt. <laughs> <laughs> Bratislav. <laughs> Bratislava is a city. All right. Yeah. Here we go. Yeah. Mr. Dracula. They didn't call him Mr. Dracula. <laughs> they Mr. did. Hey, Mr. D. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Big uh, D. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, his dad was known as uh, Vlad Dracul II, with Dracul being interpreted literally as dragon. Oh. Right. Yeah. His sobriquet Dracula, meaning son of Dracul, was derived from the Latin Draco or dragon after his father's induction into the Order of the Dragon, created by the Holy Roman Emperor Sigismund for the defense of Christian Europe against the Ottoman Empire. Isn't that like uh, the popular cologne we had back in the uh, 90s? Dracul? Oh, wait, oh, that's Dracar. That's Dracar. Nor, yeah, and that, yeah, was, yeah. that was the 80s. It was That was 80s. when you were doing cocaine at like studio, the late days of Studio 54 and like banging out a prostitute in the bathroom there. Dracar and yeah. cool water? Yeah, the scent of cocaine and Dracar was <laughs> the scent of the 80s. So anyways, uh, there you go. Vlad the Third, son of the dragon. Which is actually pretty cool and intimidating, or it might be the name of Cisco's latest album. <laughs> Depends on how you look at it. That's where he went to. Yeah, exactly. The dragon. Yeah. <laughs> he was walking on people's heads yeah, in exactly. that one video. That's, That's true. true. 
Although nowadays the word Dracul translates into devil in Romanian, so then he'd be son of the devil, so more of a death metal album at that there point. There you go. I'd rather be son of the dragon, but... I could go with either one. They're both pretty intimidating. It depends on what kind of role you're playing in life. If you're wanting to rule the world and son of the devil... I mean, as an office manager, yeah. I'd like that at the bottom of my business card. <laughs> His father, Vlad II, was the ruler of Wallachia or Wallachia or whatever you want to call it. It's a very small nation state at this time. And it goes without saying that the world was a very different place in the early 15th century, especially what now would be considered Eastern Europe. See, at this point in history, there was a very hot war going on between Christendom and the increasingly powerful Islam. There were a bunch of crusades, which were basically started a few hundred years earlier when the Pope at the time was all like, hey, dudes, uh, you should totally shine up your night suits and shit and roll over to the Holy Land to fuck up these guys that are over there right now. They don't believe in Jesus at all. So, you know, it's pretty much ordained by God. Okay, touch their kids while you're at them. Yeah. Basically, the Pope was like, go over there and just start waging a war with these dudes. We're going to get Jerusalem. That sounds very papal, doesn't it? Start a war. Kill yeah. them. They don't believe what we believe. Love thy neighbor. That's right. Yeah. And so they did, which was basically like trying to take a wasp's nest out with one of those little novelty bats you get at a baseball game sometimes. Didn't we see that in an episode of The Simpsons once with Homer? It's possible. Yeah, 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 exactly. It's just not a great idea because the Muslims were actually pretty good at waging war and had their own idea that the best way to spread their religion was to forcibly convert motherfuckers. Ooh. So after that first crusade, the following centuries were a bit back and forth between these two factions. Christians, Muslims, battles for, you know, all sorts of places, Antioch, Jerusalem, stuff like that. The crusades are actually really interesting if you get into it. Super violent. And in the early 15th century, the land that Vlad II ruled, Wallachia, was on the front lines of this holy battle, uncomfortably sandwiched between the Hungarian kingdom at the north and the exceedingly powerful Ottoman Turkish Empire to the south. Hungarians were... On the Christian side, they were like the big hardcore dudes that were for the Holy Roman Empire. Obviously, the Ottomans were for the Muslims. They were for comfortable uh, resting feet. That's correct. By your couch. That's mm. right. It's uh, not a great place to be, strictly in terms of geopolitical survival, to be a little Wallachia. And uh, if you don't believe me, you can always just ask old Poland, who, due to their unfortunate location, spent much of the early 20th century getting absolutely gangbanged by the Russians and Germans as they fought each other. Oh. And, you know, going forward, maybe we just call Wallachia Wally World. Might, we, be, <laughs> might be a little easier. It's possible, you know, yeah. From uh, National Lampoon's Vacation. Yes. Yeah, Jimmy yeah. Chase or uh, Clark W. Griswold yeah. showing up there. That's, That's right. right. Yeah, because when right. I would read that, mm-hmm. reading about this guy, all I could think of was Wally World. <laughs> That's it true. looks a lot like it. You know, well, I think have, of uh, like some sort of uh, marriage between Walmart and Wachovia, the old bank that was taken over by Wells Fargo, as if they had merged together and formed like super banks or something like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. But like I said, Wallachia was not a powerhouse. Wally World. I will not call it Wally World. (laughs) (laughs) Wallachia was not a powerhouse, so it took some serious political needle threading just to make sure that they didn't get butt rammed by their two neighboring empires. Vlad II had to be pretty pragmatic, so sometimes he'd switch alliances just to avoid a potential beatdown. Oh, yeah, it's just whoever was better in that moment, he would be on their side. Yeah, yeah. He was a military hoe. Yeah, yeah, he was. He was basically like, uh, you know, a vassal state. Just like, all right, you know, as long as you don't fuck me up, I'll be on your side. And that could switch back and forth. And it was a pretty heated battle because, again, it's a battle for people's souls. And, uh, you know, there you go. Eternal damnation. Up for grabs. Exactly. The biggest of battles. One of these pragmatic maneuvers occurred in 1442 
when Vlad II uh, changed allegiances and swore to become a vassal state to the Ottomans. Basically, just like when Sting dropped the neon face paint in exchange for black and white as he swore allegiance to the NWO back in the that 90s. That is so funny because you took that thought right out of my head, yeah. just like a wrestler in the middle of a match. Mm, yep. Yep, flipping and turning heel. and yeah, no, Literally no difference. Yeah. They're the exact same thing. <laughs> but part of the bargain included the Ottoman sultan demanding to hold Vlad's sons, Vlad III and Radu, which... Radu? Radu. I don't know. It was probably Radu or something like Ragu? that. Radu? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's like a, it's probably some sort of Romanian uh, spaghetti sauce. <laughs> Radu. Radu. But yeah, yeah, when it came over, you know, across the sea, it had to drop the D and change it to a G. Exactly. You know. Yeah, it makes sense. Anglicized it. That's right. There you go. But yeah, he wanted to hold them hostage for a while to ensure that Vlad II didn't try any double crossing. And Vlad II was totally cool with that. So he sends both of his sons to go basically be prisoners for- Insurance pawns, yeah, basically. Yeah, exactly. He was 12. He was 12 years old when he went to go be yeah. a prisoner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah. Can yeah, you, you know. imagine sending your 12-year-old son to be like, hey, it's going to be all right, buddy. Yeah. Just go with them. Daddy's got to do a little stuff <laughs> real quick, and I'll come and get you just like I do after school. Yeah. <laughs> I tried to do that in my latest car deal to see if I could just loan my son out so I could get a better interest rate. <laughs> Apparently, this only existed in the Middle Ages. <laughs> but yeah, the concept of family back then was obviously <laughs> was very different. <laughs> especially for royal families. Family members of royal families were often married off or sent away as bargaining ships to ensure political power. For instance, marriage was never really about love and it was always about consolidation of power or strategic gameplay. Sure. The concept of marriage for love is actually fairly modern. Glad we live in the time that we do. Yeah, there you go. I guess some people got lucky or something back then, but who knows? Most of the time you're fucking some dude just because... They had a lot of cattle. Yeah. Their parents owned a lot of cattle. Exactly. So anyways, it may seem crazy to us now to send your two sons away for years to ensure a political advantage, but it wasn't weird at all back then. The other problem was that Wallachia wasn't just besieged by larger empires on its borders. It also had a lot of internal strife. Instead of the princedom passing from father to eldest son, noble families chose the next prince. This system ensured that subterfuge and violence were the roots to the throne. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, that way, I mean, you ensure what you want to happen. Versus, you know, like if your son kind of sucks or doesn't live up to your yeah, expectations. It's like uh, office politics, no nepotism. We're going to pick the next ruler. Yeah, it actually seems like a little bit better of a system, to be honest, instead of just an inheriting an entire kingdom for no fucking reason other than that uh, your parents boned. Well, and you saw like there'd be kings that were 12 years old. You know what I mean? Like, there definitely were. Yeah, I sure. mean, good King God Tut. Almighty. Yeah, yeah, was exactly. 12 years old when he inherited. There was a lot of times where, yeah, we're like a. a or nine. And well, people died a lot of times just randomly. You know, you get cut and you get infected and you die. So the king would die young and then he'd have like a four year old son. And then you would basically have a situation where the king is four years old. Technically, he's the king, but really, there's somebody else in there that's, yeah, exactly, that's running the show. I think that it's possible that one king down the line was like, had a really ugly sister. He's like, I'm not fucking my sister to keep this incest and keep the power here in the throne. Mm -hmm. I'm appointing my next person. And maybe that's where it all started. Well, I mean, if you ever really look at the Habsburg line of the royals, it got to such a point with incest where the final king there was literally like straight on retarded. Like lower yeah. Alabama. Oh, like no. no low like, brow. Yeah. They said that he literally couldn't speak. He drooled all the time. He had what they called the Habsburg. Timmy. Yes. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I can't think of his name off the top of my head, but you look at a painting of this guy and then you read stuff and you're like, 
Wow. wow. Yeah, dude. This dude is like lowered ears and pointy teeth, bro. King Timmy! <laughs> <laughs> That's what they say about King Tut, too. That's mm-hmm. one of the theories that, you know, he died at 21 or so, but in battle. But he had like a thousand canes. He walked with a limp. Yeah. He had uh, a club foot. Yeah. Yeah. The Royals were weird, bro. Yeah, well, you got to keep that power in the family. Yeah. Unless you appoint your successor. Well, I mean, even it got to the point where it's it's not like you're boning your sister, but you're boning like your first cousin from a country over. Well, it's not blood related, right? If it's not blood related, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, overall, being the ruler of Wallachia sounds like a pretty shit deal, to be honest. I don't know why these people wanted this shit so bad. Like, I, give me like a baron's job or something like that <laughs> court jester yeah like i have no no i don't want to be a court jester well, back when they were advisors to the king not just yeah yeah i'd like to have some land and you know some serfs to work off of and stuff like that but i don't want to be the king those guys are just like they're constantly trying just to not get killed heavy as the crown yes it's true yeah anyways in 1448 vlad iii returns home to wallachia after the sultan allows him to leave and he comes back to find that his father and eldest brother had been assassinated by the noble families of Wallachia, the Boyers. The Boyers were the ones that were deciding who the next king would be. Mm. And it's like, I keep saying king. It was like the Voivode or something like that. I don't even know how to pronounce it. So we're king gonna, of Wally World. We're going to go. <laughs> we're going with king. Because Voivode, it sounds like you're voiding out a, like a, some sort of thing about a Volvo. Or I, I always know. sing, Voya. <laughs> I'll bet you some kings did get voided out. They, a lot of them did, yeah. Vlad II did. Mm-hmm. Despite the boyers and even his younger brother aligned against him at this point, Vlad managed to ascend to the throne the same year that he returned. But he was actually deposed after only two months. So he would spend the next eight years fighting to regain the throne, and it got kind of messy. Mm, I imagine. Now, it's important to note here that nobody would be the picture of kindness or outstanding mental health following a five-year hostage situation orchestrated by your own father, having said father and brother assassinated by traitors who also want you dead, and somehow getting your little brother to help try and kill you. But it seems that the whole thing was a pretty big bummer for little Vlad. Yeah, that doesn't sound like a fun situation to be in. No. No. And he didn't take it very well at all. Now imagine that you're Vlad Dracula and you're like, I gotta fuck up these boyers, dude. They killed my dad and my bro. They took my throne. I'm about to ride on these haters at their own barbecue. (laughs) (laughs) You're staring a civil war in the face. But then to add difficulty to that, in 1453, the Ottoman Turks take Constantinople, the capital of the Eastern Roman Empire. And now great hordes of Islamic armies begin sweeping into Christian Europe. Is that Istanbul, not Constantinople? Oh, man. (laughs) But um. And because of that whole captivity thing, Vlad really doesn't like the Ottomans, like at all, which is actually kind of strange in some way because his little brother Radu was actually pretty cool with the Ottomans and even converted to Islam later in life. That's right. Yeah. Oh, wow. So he went heavy on the Christians at that point and turned on the Muslims. He didn't prop his feet up and take things lightly, huh? No, no, he did not. No, no. Radu. You my Ottoman joke I did. It was in there. (laughs) Just want to make sure. Anyway. (laughs) Hey guys, real quick. If you're liking the show, do us a favor and give us that sweet, sweet five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you're listening on. It does make a huge difference. Now, back to Asshole Court. 
Anyway, now Vlad is engaged in an internal power struggle for the throne of Wallachia and doing his best to keep the tiny nation from being absorbed into the Ottoman Empire. He fights both fronts with shocking cruelty. For instance, when dealing with the boyars, he pulls off some total movie shit. He invited them all to a major banquet, I assume under the guise of beers, barbecue, and a little game of cornhole here and there. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, and guys, thanks for taking everything from yeah. me. Why don't you come on over? I'll cook you a pig. I want to be your leader. I'd like us all to get along. So if you'd like to come over, we're going to do an entire pork roast and, uh, you know, let's have a good time. Yeah, beer like pong at Wally World. Let's do this thing. Exactly. But somewhere between the coleslaw and the pulled pork sandwiches, he switched gears and impaled them all on tall pikes. Oh, mm. So, impaling. Let's dive into this a little bit. There's one version of impaling. It's called vertical impaling. Okay. And vertical impaling is just what it sounds like. Pretty much stick a sharpened, lubed up stick up your ass, through your guts, and either out your chest or your mouth. Yeah. All um, the pictures I saw was like out through the mouth. And I'm like, oh, Yep, up dude. your butt, out the mouth, hitting all your vital organs. Yeah. Uh, Human centipede, but with one stick. Oh, yeah. Oh. And then there was uh, like a, a modified version of vertical impaling where they would stick it up just far enough not to kill you. You slowly and, go. And oh, they would leave slow you. burn. Yes. And they would Let actually. the gravity take care of the Yeah. Job. They would actually put mounds of dirt and sit your feet up on the dirt. And then slowly take it and, out. And yeah, it would almost like slowly, like they would oh. take a shovel full of dirt away and slowly. Yeah. Oh. They said it would take six to eight hours sometimes to get the stick all the way through. Uh, one guy apparently was uh, on a stick for like three days, and he was still speaking, and then he went into shock. He said, uh, ah, this, this hurts, guys. I need some TP for my pummel. <laughs> yeah. He said, dude, we've heard you. We've been here for two days. Would you just die already? Uh, I'm really ready to. <laughs> I've got to be honest. This hurts. This and it's really also hurt. embarrassing. Please tell me, like, what do you want to know from me at yeah. this point? Like, yeah. He's like, I would like to take a dump, but it's not even an option at this point. <laughs> And then they said, I think it was the third day he finally died. And they said he stunk so bad they had to quickly bury him. <laughs> oh, God, wow. God almighty. How embarrassing. And then you have horizontal impaling. Okay. Which is just what you think it is through the belly button and out your backbone. Oh, now I actually did a little bit of research. I started, was looking at impaling and got a little grossed out. <laughs> yeah, it'll do it. <laughs> so I went on the other side and I was like, come on, the garbage pail kids have got to have covered this at this mm -hmm. point. And they did not disappoint. We've got a impaled Gale, who oh, is nice. uh, Sorry, impaled yeah. just Love like it. Randy yeah, said. Horizontal impaled. Yes, horizontal. Okay. Which would be preferable to me. I would rather go horizontal. And if you look at impaled Gale, it is a unicorn with her horn, with Gale, who is a fairy, getting skewered on the horn back to front. Looks like she yeah. fell on the unicorn. Yeah. yeah. With a very yeah, surprised does. look on her face. Yeah. Classic Garbage Pail Kids artwork. Absolutely. And then uh, the other one that I found from the Garbage Pail Kids is that uh, they came out with a line of hot sauce, garlic hot sauce, called Nasty Nick's Mouth Impaler. And uh, oh, yeah. while there is no real impaling, it does There's look Dracula. like Dracula on Dracula there. Dracula is there, yes. And uh, it's supposed to impale your mouth okay. full of hotness. I guarantee there's some guy out there with the nickname Nasty Nick. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Remember Nasty Nate? Nasty Nate, that's right. From no, a half he said naughty, naughty, jungle <laughs> of love. I want that yeah. cocktail. Boop. <laughs> Yeah, impaling is fucked up, man. Yeah, they had a whole other version where almost instead of like getting hanged, mm -hmm. it was like a straight up meat hook up your ass. Yeah. And it would either come oh. out your back and it wouldn't kill you immediately. It would just damage your internal organs. Um, and then they have the classic uh, under the rib cage hook. 
Yeah. That also, you know, if you missed your heart, you're trying to open your rib cage open like a can of sardines. I'm telling you, dude. Oh, wow. And all of it was meant for like torture. Like, you were going to die for sure. But uh, you were going to speak whatever you had in you. Well, and we're going to get into this, too, because this goes sort of into the the fact of the matter that shit was sort of commonplace at the time. I'm glad the Geneva Convention was introduced. Yes, it's true, man. It's true. I remember reading a story about a guy, this construction worker. He was on a ladder on a construction site, and the ladder tipped over. It was like a stepladder, and he fell and rebar impaled him through the face. And Ouch. Through like Almost through his temple, through his eyes, and barely missed his brain. But I remember thinking, like, I'd rather just be dead because yeah. his whole face was mangled. And Well, there's the, the famous story of Phineas Gage, who was, if you ever take a psych class in college, you learned about Phineas Gage. He was a normal dude, worked on a railroad or whatever, and then had a tamping rod, which is what they would use to sort of like, you know, knock things down in for like dynamite or whatever. And it exploded and it shot straight through his head. Oh. The entire, and the tamping rod is, is, imagine a stake that's about six feet long, just a metal stake. You know, uh, something like you'd hang, metal something, something that you, yeah, exactly. Something you'd hang like a hummingbird feeder on the end oh. of. Straight through his head. But he lived. He oh, lived. he lived? He lived, and uh, he was never the same type of person again after really? this. You don't say. You don't say huh? He became very angry, and they said that it, was, it changed his personality entirely, which sort of set into play a whole different idea of how the brain functioned for uh, your personality. So, Wow. There you go. Wow. I don't know what this has to do with Dracula, but we're, we're talking about just a little lesson. Yeah, exactly. A little lesson in impaling. There All you right. Go. Good times. Happy on. Halloween, everyone. Yeah. That's it. So, yeah, he impaled all the boyers. Pretty fucking gangster, dude. A popular myth that stemmed from this was that Vlad actually finished his meal amongst all the impaled boyers, but most historians now chalk that up to just an embellishment. All right, so the whole thing about him dipping his bread in their blood and eating Yeah, it. I mean, that was part of the thing, but it's... Hey, pass that bowl of blood. I've yeah. got this dry bread over here. Made four days and ago. Bread Come had, on. Bread had to be so shitty back then. Ugh. Or it could be really good. I it had doubt to be fresh. It. I mean, yeah. It gets stale if you leave it out. There's or, no preservatives. Well, yeah, I, I'm just, then, I'm guessing. Like, I'm it guessing all stale. food back then was terrible. Yeah, there wasn't a lot of spices, that's for sure. Right. And I mean, I mean bread goes like quick when there's no preservatives in it, too. Like a yeah. day or I two. I mean, you guys have been to medieval times. That food is shit. <laughs> actually, I disagree. <laughs> I liked it, actually. I disagree. And medieval I times brought my socks the tomato, off. The tomato soup is pretty good. It, was, it blew my mind. <laughs> yeah. Because when they came out there, they were like, sir, would you like some of our tomato bisque? And I was like, you're pouring it out of a coffee carafe. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, how good could this be? And then I was like, Jesus, age Christ, that's good. Yeah, bisque. I, mean, it is I don't even tomato like tomato soup. bisque. Yeah. And it was. Yeah, and then the rest of it is just rotisserie chickens they got from Publix, which is fine. <laughs> so I disagree with you, Randy. Medieval nah. times, the, the, good the tomato bisque is good. The rest of it, nah, I take it or leave it. Well, yeah. that's where it turns into Renaissance Fair type food. Yeah, know? which is also good. I, I like the big, big old turkey leg. Yeah, they're overrated. There's I mean, all those tendons and weird, like they're not bones, but they're bristle. Yeah, I, I can't dig them, man. Mm, and they like get it. weird near the end, like you're just gnawing on a bone, like you're a fucking hound dog. Yeah, it's, or I mean, it's it's gigantic, and uh, you know, but the, the, the halfway through it, you're like, this is well worth it. The first five bites, you're like, hmm, this is pretty good, <laughs> and then you're like, ah, oh, it's just like a meat stick I'm eating yeah. on. But I, I like to imagine that Vlad was eating one of those giant turkey legs <laughs> as the boyers are, uh, you know, it was maybe one of the boyers' legs. Yeah, well, yes, exactly. Propped up around him. Yes, exactly. It looks like medieval times, but nobody's clapping because they're all impaled. 
But yeah, so like I said, I don't know if it's true or not. Most people say it probably wasn't true, but if it were, it's pretty nasty to say the least. Probably about as horrifying as dining at Golden Corral with the post-church rush crowd. Watching the kids stick their hands in the chocolate fountain. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'll take the shrimp. (laughs) (laughs) Although their carving stations aren't bad. Little prime rib. You watch the guy cut it. There's no No. way, man. We eat Golden Corral once every decade. Yeah. yeah, it's been yeah. about a decade since yeah. I've been there. My wife will never go there. So. Um, no. Me either. My wife is Especially like, not in COVID. <laughs> They're closed. <laughs> They're closed. They're closed. I saw yeah. a Business Insider article where he said, I went to Golden Corral during COVID. He said, here's the horror story. Oh, and they had each oh, no. picture. Yeah, dude. People were... Nope, the massive. one by us is closed. Hasn't yeah. opened, been open in months. Yeah, that shouldn't be. Not at all. They should uh, impale the, <laughs> the people from <laughs> from Golden Corral for creating just a nasty hovel of fucking germs, and uh, it's just a disaster. Nothing like a giant plate of uh, mashed potatoes, macaroni and cheese, yeah, and uh, Salisbury steak. Yeah, to, to do up after church. <laughs> the on Golden Sunday. Corral brings out the worst in humanity. Everybody, <laughs> they pile their plate up with shit that they won't eat, anyways, because it's just it's literally a visualization of their greed. I have gotten what I paid for now. Yeah. I had a couple of buddies in college that worked at Golden Corral while we were in school. And he said there would be people that showed up at lunch, would pay the lunch price, mm-hmm. hang Stick out, around. hang out for four hours and then eat again for dinner. Of course. And then tip them two dollars, maybe a dollar. Like, like I said, it brings out the worst in humanity. Yeah. These people are worse than Vlad Dracula. It's almost like the lotto skanks. You have to wait in line at the gas station to fucking cash in their lottery tickets. It's like a Golden Corral skanks. They're in, they're the same breed. Yes, I agree. You guys know I have that fucking hate for lotto skanks. You're fucking just trying to get your six pack. And you have to fucking wait five minutes. Let me get a number four, number twenty two. Hold on, I don't like that O two one. You got give me that O two four. Can you wait? Pull how that much off? is that? The goddamn price tag is right there, Rick. Yeah, fucking yeah. do this shit. It's true. We got a lot of material here on Golden Corral and Lottery. <laughs> uh, I yeah, I digress. Sorry about all that. All right. <clears throat> Back to Vlad. He didn't save that level of cruelty for just the people that he considered traitors, like the Boyers. He went hard in the paint with the Ottomans as well. In 1462, after a battle with the Ottomans in which Vlad was forced to retreat, he left behind a, quote, forest of the impaled. I heard about this. He God. took roughly 20,000 Ottoman prisoners of war, impaled them all, and left them behind to be found by the advancing Ottoman army. A historian of the time wrote, The Sultan's army entered into the area of the impalements, which was 17 stades long and seven stades wide. Note, one stade is roughly 173 yards, or oh 158 meters. God. So it's about a five iron long. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Good Lord. Yeah, how many states? 17. 17. 17 states long and seven wide. So imagine that as you're like the troops coming up on there, like you're like, why are all these birds in the sky? Oh, yeah. Like, what are we, what's going on there? Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Yep. The quote continues. Medieval scarecrows. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> Scary as hell. Yeah. The quote continues. There were large stakes there on which, as it was said, about 20,000 men, women, and children had been spitted. Quite a sight for the Turks and the Sultan himself. The Sultan was seized with amazement and said that it was not possible to deprive of his country a man who had done such great deeds, who had such a diabolical understanding of how to govern his realm and its people. And he said that a man who had done such things was worth much. 
The rest of the Turks were dumbfounded when they saw the multitude of men on the stakes. There were infants, too, affixed to their mothers on the stakes, and birds had made their nests in their entrails. Oh, my gosh. Can you imagine being on the impaling crew? Like, all right, Mikey, Randy, buddy, get on it. Yeah. There had to be like a Romanian John Henry who was just the best impaler ever. And then you're like, like, he's a fucking machine, man. And then man. you had like the backwoods guy who'd whittle the sticks real That's good. It, yeah. Oh, hey, got my whittling knife yeah. and just carving them up. Here, John Henry. Yeah, exactly. Stick that guy instead in the of, ass. Instead of like John Smith, he was like, Brishnoff Impaler. Yeah. <laughs> Brishnoff Appleseed. Apple Impaler. Impaler. I've been impaled. My family comes from a long line of impalers. Dude. Yeah, it was so gangster, apparently, that the Ottoman sultan said fuck it and called off the advance of his army, concerned about what lay beyond this gruesome forest. Another time, as legend has it, Turkish messengers came to Vlad to pay respects, but refused to take off their turbans, according to their ancient custom. Mm-hmm. Whereupon, he strengthened their custom by nailing their turbans to their fucking heads with three spikes so that they could not take them off. Oh, wow. I wonder if he did, like, remember the old, where you put your fist on somebody's head and <laughs> yeah, it, it yeah. feels like a nail in your yeah, head? Yeah, yeah, it was the, uh, <laughs> the Three Stooges style. Yeah, they were just confused. <laughs> oh, my God, my <laughs> turban's nailed to my head. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, But honestly, it wasn't just horrible cruelty that drove his war against the Ottomans. A lot of his tactics are pretty fucking smart. Pre-Geneva Convention rules of war, considering. Yes. For instance... Faced with a superior Ottoman force at one point, Vlad devised a pretty shrewd plan. He led his army in a quick guerrilla attack on the Ottoman camp one night in an attempt to assassinate the sultan. He had his men dress up in Ottoman clothes and raid the camp. Turbans and all that stuff like that, right? And although he was ultimately unsuccessful in his attempt to decapitate the Ottoman power structure in one fell swoop, his attack created enough confusion amongst the Ottoman army that they began attacking each other, unsure of who the enemy was. Oh, Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. I remember Solid. Babe Ruth was the Sultan of Swat. That is Just true. throwing that out there. I hear the word Sultan. <laughs> and I'm like, that's a cool nickname. Think more of like Aladdin, but yeah, yeah. yeah. If I was, yeah, what I don't like you said earlier. I don't know if I want to be king, but you know, Sultan. That sounds pretty. That cool. is. That's actually more of. A, that's more than a king. That's an emperor. There you go. That's the whole that. thing. Yeah. <laughs> then you're in real trouble because then all the kings are coming for you. Heavy as the turban. Yeah. Heavy as the turban. Yes, exactly. That's were the they sword most, of Damocles. Were they mostly Islamics, the sultans? All of them. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. What's crazy is if you get into the history of it, the Ottoman Empire existed for like almost a thousand years. The Ottoman Empire yeah. existed until World War One. I. I was about to say. I remember seeing maps. <laughs> yes. Know? Yeah. Like, Prior to 2016. The joke was always that, like, the Cubs hadn't won a World Series since the Ottoman Empire existed, yeah. oh, since wow. there was, like, a sultan, which is true <laughs> at that time. So, you know, there you Wasn't go. there still a sultan of Brunei? There is, yes. He's a sultan of Brunei. Yeah. He's one of the, one of the richest men in the world. That's a little right. different, though, because yeah. it's not, like, the part of the, like, Ottoman Empire Turk structure, which was, like, the Islamic army from the Middle Ages. He owns a... Party City franchises, right? I think he owns. He probably does. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I would. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. I. I. He probably owns like a thousand sex slaves. <laughs> like, not even joking. That's not cool. No. I like to think he owns a bunch of party cities or something. Yeah. Yeah. He does, but he also owns sex slaves. <laughs> <laughs> we have no clue at all. Please don't come after a Sultan of Brunei. Oh, he doesn't listen to the to podcasts. He just imprisons people and makes them speak, <laughs> tell jokes. Tell me a joke or yes. I'll kill you. He has an actual like a court jester still. Uh, in another instance, Vlad paid a large number of sick people to visit the Ottoman army camps in the hopes of getting them sick and then attacking them while they were weakened with the sickness. 
It's a pretty clever strategy considering it was uh, occurred pre-germ theory. Mm, yeah. Yeah. They got to be down with the sickness. Yes. <laughs> you down with OPP? <laughs> <laughs> down with the sickness. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so up to this point in the story, it might be reasonable to give Vlad a pass. I mean, he was engaging in actual warfare, sometimes against the very people who had assassinated his father and brother. So, you know, circumstances are interesting. 20,000 people impaled gets a pass? Not a pass, but what I'm saying is it like a season pass to Wally World. That's it. (laughs) Cruelty was fairly commonplace at this time. Warfare was very different back then. You know, yeah, I'm not a lot of hangings in the town square and stuff like like that. that. Uh, It just seemed like he was engaged in like, you know, total warfare for this time. But Vlad actually had a penchant for cruelty that exceeded the battlefield. After again resuming his place on the throne eight years after first being deposed, Vlad Tepes, as he became known, which means Vlad the Impaler, ruled with a tyrannical iron fist. Corroborated eyewitness accounts of Vlad's plundering raids throughout Transylvania describe Vlad as, quote, a demented psychopath, a sadist, a gruesome murderer, and a masochist, worse than Caligula and Nero. Jeez, he went blood simple, huh? He did. And side note, like you mentioned earlier, buddy, Seeing pictures, the old school paintings of yeah. people, man, they all look, I don't know, somewhat incestual. They all look like they're kind of cross-eyed a little bit. Yeah, the art hadn't gotten great, especially at that time. middle age art didn't have really good perspective uh, no, ability. That's no. why there's a lot of pictures where like uh, there's a little tiny baby Jesus that looks like a full-grown man that's like sitting, you know, they, they, their artwork wasn't great. So yes, they look, they do look cross-eyed and dumb. <laughs> Yeah, that one painting of him, the one with the Lincoln the mustache. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he looks almost like something like out of a Jim Henson movie, yes. more so than what I picture Dracula to look like. Right. Yeah, it's true. According to a book published a couple of decades following his demise, Vlad was described as having relished torturing people in his own kingdom. For instance, Vlad had a copper pot cauldron built and put a lid made of wood with holes in it on top. He put the people in the cauldron and put their heads in the holes and fastened them there. Then he filled it with water and set a fire under it and let the people cry their eyes out until they were boiled to death. Oh, whoa. I'm trying to find something funny in that. I'm having a hard time. Yeah, no, I stuck with the, oh, whoa. Yeah. Get a little yeah. skin slip going. Yeah, uh, yeah. there's a lot of nastiness there. Jeffrey Dahmer liked that a little uh, bit. Yeah, it's a, it's, but it is basically a pressure cooker. So it'd be like a KFC setup. Oh, man. another story uh he ordered that women be impaled together with their suckling babies on the same stake the babies fought for their lives at their mother's breast until they died then he had the women's breasts cut off and put the babies inside head first thus he had them impaled together which i'm honestly having a hard time understanding the mechanics of to be honest are they saying he put the babies into their breasts it's kind of like what I just saw on Alone Season 7, where uh, the dude kills a muskox and then uses the nutsack as a pouch, almost. <laughs> yes. To hold, like, his cell phone and uh, his, his bowl. Well, to hold his, Everything. his food and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, cell phone, but, yeah. bowl, food, same yeah. thing. You know, stuff that's important to you wherever you're at at that point. <laughs> in modern society, cell phone is as important as, like, I don't know, food would be in a, in a muskox nutsack. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a handbag. It's a man bag. I'm going to post made some Arby's to the house yeah, <laughs> out of my nutsack pouch. <laughs> Instead of just whipping your phone out and pushing random buttons in that awkward situation, 
Make sure you're subscribed to our channel on your favorite podcast platform. You don't want to miss a new show. Now, back to the action. There's another story of Vlad washing his hands in the blood of some of his victims. And like Randy uh, talked about, uh, dipping his bread in their blood. I don't hey, know how true that is. Shitty bread, bread stale. Medieval you know? times bread. Yeah. Well, it was like a Romanian French dip. You know, oh. some like an au jus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Give it a shot. <laughs> What's the dish with a the blood? Blood sausage. Blood sausage, yeah. Oh, yeah. Not sure I'd want to dive into that either. I'd give it a shot, I but don't, I don't... It's not something You eat weird shit anyway. I would, I, but yeah. It's because I want to try, because maybe it's good. Things that you would think wouldn't be good sometimes are. I really? don't... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm certainly like... Like, the idea of foie gras... If you wrote down what foie gras was and said, this is going to be delicious, people would be like, you're fucking full of shit. But if you have foie gras... You're like, oh my wow. god, that I is like, it. yeah, it is incredible, and I feel guilty every time I eat it, but I can't stop myself. So is veal. Veal's very good. Veal's too. very yes, good. Yeah, yes, yeah. it is. And the Germans like, do a good job of breading that up and keeping those cows hostage as young yeah, cattle. Yeah, yeah, the calves too. Calves, it's not even full yeah. calves. It's, it's really shitty. Whoever it came up with that was a, a sadist. It might have been Vlad the Impaler. It was like, <laughs> I got a great idea for a dish. <laughs> See that baby cow over there? He's like, let's just crate that thing up for a few months and force feed it milk until it's soft and tender. And everybody delicious. Like, yeah, let's bread it and fry it. Mm-hmm. It's true. Anyways, Vlad's rule was conflict filled, and he ultimately ended up battling his own brother Radu. Remember that guy that was his brother and we brought him empire. Younger brother and that ended was... up converting to Islam. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. he ended up spaghetti sauce. Yeah. That's right. That's right. He ended up actually being a general. He had his own army for the Ottoman Empire. So so. So ragu. So ragu. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I see this is the the, the tack we're taking here is is food dishes. We've gone through Golden Corral, ragu. General So. General So's, veal. Uh, uh, Anyways. Yeah, Golden Corral, the whole. Yeah, sorry. You're okay. It's all right. (laughs) (laughs) It's pretty complicated, obviously, but ultimately, even though Vlad had a couple of successful battles against his brother Radu's army, a lot of Vlad's army defected to Radu's side. Vlad lost power. Oh, wow. Like yeah. Civil war. Yeah, like family. Yeah. Family style. Brother versus brother. Again, food style, family style. Sometimes <laughs> he... <laughs> Eat the rich while you bury the poor. Mm. He tried to make a deal with the Ottomans to fight with them against the Hungarians if they restored him to the throne of Wallachia. <laughs> so after he basically... Hold on, go ahead. I'm just thinking... Hungarian ragu, Golden Corral, Arby's Postmates, Stroganoff. Yeah, we're yes, we're rolling here. Okay. Spectacular Halloween episode. <laughs> this should be just the foodie episode. <laughs> Blood sausage. Yeah, we're rolling through it all here. So he tried to make a deal with the Ottomans to fight with them against the Hungarians if they restored him to the throne of Wallachia. But he was arrested by the Hungarians when that was discovered. Legend has it that Vlad passed his time in imprisonment impaling rats on little tiny stakes. You know, because he was horny for impalings. I told you, he got blood simple. He did. Mm-hmm. He did. He spent 14 years locked up, impaling rats, but then was brought back in by the Hungarian ruler after the then ruler of Wallachia, Abbasarab Lealto. I mean, honestly, again, has another weird... Bob from Wally World. There you go. Like a boss. Bob Law uh, joined Bob the, Law, the Ottomans. Law. Exactly. Yes. 
Yeah, basically, the, this guy was uh, started fighting against the Ottomans, and then uh, the Ottoman Sultan was like, "Hey, let's let Vlad free and let him go fight him to take care of this problem for us." Good guy, Vlad. Let's let him out real quick. And, yeah, uh, but he also, when he let him free, he didn't give him any army to support him. He was just like, "Now you're free. I'm going to say that you are the proper king of uh, Wallachia. So go out there and do what you got to do." Hmm. So again, he goes out there to fight and to try to get the throne back again. And he loses. Uh, he spent his final couple of years fighting this guy, Basarab, until his army was massacred and he was killed in battle and dismembered, his head being sent to the Sultan, Mehmed II. Ah, okay. Old yeah. Mehmed. Mehmed, yeah. But that account is hard to prove, and his body was never recovered nor a gravesite established. Well, if you're dismembered and it's kind of spread out a little bit, exactly. and you're taking your head for a trophy, they're probably doing other things with your other body parts. It's true. It's true. But the lack of a body to prove his absence, along with his horrific habits and cruelty, probably led the Transylvanian peasants of the following centuries to create the tales about the undead Dracula roaming the countryside looking for victims to satisfy his insatiable bloodlust. After all, it's just what good parents do. Scare the shit out of their kids with spooky stories so they come and wake you up in the middle of the night because they can't sleep. <laughs> That's right. So let's talk about Vlad's legacy, right? The validity of all these wild claims is obviously in question because it's important to note who wrote these accounts of Vlad's cruelty. More often than not, they were written by his enemies who probably had a little bit of a bias. Yeah, there was a little bit of spin put on that, I'm guessing. Yeah. I mean, you know, if this is someone that's been waging war against you forever, you want to make him to be like the worst possible person ever. In fact, though, Vlad wasn't a villain to everybody. He was actually a localized folk hero in Romania for centuries following his death. Really? Yeah, because, again, they were right on the front lines of the war between Islam and the Christians, and he went hard in the paint against the Ottomans. And so the you Christians know, loved him. Yeah, yeah, they're like, that dude impaled 20,000 of these heretics. That guy's awesome. He is a fighter for God. Yeah, yeah. Call so, the Knights Templar. Let's get him in there. Exactly. It's also important to note that the horrific accounts became widespread as they coincided with the dissemination of the movable type printing press. Gutenberg. Gutenberg. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Exactly. Gutenberg's printing press allowed for stories to be printed up in mass and passed around much easier. In fact, it's arguable that this was responsible for the actual whole Reformation movement itself. But that's for another day. That was uh, when Martin Luther broke with the Catholic Church mm -hmm. and you had the Protestant movement developing. And a lot of people will say that, you know, that became available because they were able to translate the Bible out of Latin and give it to common people. Sure. So Gutenberg, wasn't he in uh, Police Academy movies, right? That's true. That's true. He was. It was and his long, long descendant, Steve Gutenberg. Mm -hmm. That was, uh, what was his name in those movies? Barf? No. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't remember. I just remember Hightower was Bubba Smith. Hightower, yeah. yeah. I don't remember. Uh, was it, it wasn't Murdoch. I don't know. Gutenberg was an interesting case, too, uh, because he was such a huge star in the 80s, and then he just disappeared. Gutenberg was Mahoney. Mm -hmm. Ah, okay. Yeah. Cadet yeah, Mahoney. Mahoney. <clears throat> yes. Anyways, people loved a salacious tale back then as much as we do today, so the scary stories of Vlad Dracula's exploits certainly fit the bill. And when you can print things up and pass them all around... 
It you can becomes, tell them. Yeah, whatever you want it to be. Yep. Still, it's rare for stories that fucked up to be made up whole cloth. And one scholar even contends that his nickname, The Impaler, and the high numbers of casualties had more to do with his love for Turkish baths and the men that inhabit them. He wasn't impaling them with spikes, oh. but with his royal Wallachian schlong. Oh, this gets back to the Cardi Beast thing from the beginning, our intro. Yeah. Of course, none of that last part is true. Wet-ass penis. <laughs> he was impaling him with the wet-ass penis. <laughs> Like I said, none of that last part is true. It's just me being a giant immature man-child, which all of our listeners should expect and know by now. And we appreciate that. Thank you, everyone. But for real, the horror stories about Vlad are likely built on some sort of foundational truth. He probably impaled like a ton of dudes with big spikes and not his dick. But maybe 20,000 is stretching it a bit. He probably did boil a criminal to death. I mean, spend some time reading how they tortured the rebel leaders of the Munster Germany uprising around the same time, and you'll see how common cruelty was in this period. But it sure sounds a lot cooler if you create a sort of cartoon device to boil them in so that you can actually see their eyes explode like that guy's head in that movie Scanners. Oh, man. Or like a garbage pail kid. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. My opinion is that Vlad was probably a pretty savage dude, probably a touch more violent than the average despot of the time, but his cruelty became famous at the time more due to circumstance, namely the political landscape, the advent of movable type, and the superstitious nature of the occupants of Eastern Europe at the time. Now, as gnarly as all these crimes against humanity, true or not, might be, odds are that Vlad Dracul would have remained a mostly regionalized historical figure, like a much more famous or infamous figure in Central or Eastern Europe than elsewhere in the world. Kind of like a David Hasselhoff in the late 80s. But in the late 19th century, a theater manager by the name of Bram Stoker was working on his side hustle, writing novels. Oh man, if there was actually recording equipment back then and Vlad decided to go all Hasselhoff and start making albums. Yeah. Man. I mean, he does look like one of the members of Hall and Oates. Which one is he? Hall or Oates? <laughs> I think Hall. Maybe. maybe so, yeah. You know, he looks like a fucking like, cracked out Hall from Hall and Oates. What, uh, what's that bumper sticker, the sticker that's out there? It's like, oh, yeah. John Oates will fucking kill you? Yeah, John Oates. It was, yeah, it was John Oates will fucking kill you. That was a big deal a few years ago. Yeah. But a lot of people didn't realize, I think I didn't realize, is that Bram Stoker wasn't a famous novelist at this point. He was actually managing a drama theater, and he just sort of wrote novels on the side to make extra money. It was his side hustle. It was like his Uber gig. Well, I mean, that's at least he was sort of connected to it. What did they say? James Cameron was driving trucks before he wrote Terminator? Yeah. Makes you sense. Know? Yeah. Uh, Stoker had spent a number of years at that point researching European folklore and stories of vampires, one source of which was an 1885 essay by Emily Gerard titled Transylvania Superstitions. Stoker used the name of Vlad Dracula for his famous vampire character in the titular novel. Needless to say, the book is one of the most popular of all time, with multiple movie adaptations occurring over the next century, including one which spawned something scarier than a field of impaled Turks. Keanu Reeves attempting a British accent. Oh, yes. We know uh, your feelings on this, Mike. (laughs) I love Keanu Reeves. I think he's a great dude, and I want to hang out with him. He is not a great actor. And that really was showcased when he got the gig to play, I uh, uh, can't remember the, the character's name, in Bram Stoker's Dracula. And I am Dracula. Yeah, no, he was like, <laughs> oh, he's like, Whoa. over there, boy. It was, it was the, it's the worst British accent in movie history. I swear to God, you can YouTube it and it is monstrous. <laughs> 
Look, monstrously bad. The new Bill and Ted is pretty good. Have I, you guys seen it? I love Bill and Ted. Yeah, we've I love okay. I love Keanu Reeves, but I dude, you just, he's not a good actor. He's good. He's good in certain roles. He's he, you know he Bill has very Ted, narrow range. Break. Very narrow range. Yes. I, I liked him in The Matrix. Yeah. Super super narrow range. Yeah. Very. You shouldn't yeah. let this guy try to rock a British accent. <laughs> they tried. And it's a disaster. So please go YouTube it and watch his British accent in Bram Stoker's Dracula. It's like when Russell Crowe was singing in Les Miserables with uh, Hugh Jackman. Okay. But I've only seen one scene from it, and it's on Netflix right now. So it's the preview of it. And him and Hugh Jackman are sitting there singing at each other, and it's horrible. They're yeah. doing these English accents. Hugh I think Jazz. Hugh, <laughs> uh, he's, Jazz. A, he's actually English, isn't he? Jackman is. He's Australian. Yeah. Yeah, or Australian. Australian. So, I mean, well, they're both Australian, and they both do horrible. Yeah. That's, um, Which is a shame, because Russell Crowe's actually a pretty good actor. Can pull it off. I love well. him in Gladiator. Oh, That's yeah. a fantastic movie. Yeah. It's on TV all the time now. It's the uh, beast master of uh, this decade. Yeah. <laughs> it's just always Gets on back TV. back to the incest as well. So Yeah, yeah. I watched it in the hotel the other day, and I was just like, fuck it. Gladiator's on. I already know the whole story, so I don't have to pay too much attention. And there it was. Now, uh, there wasn't much in common with uh, Vlad Dracul and the novel's Dracula. One was a localized warlord with a love for impaling people. The other was a fancy-pants Eastern European noble looking for property in London who just happened to be undead and needed blood to continue his eternal undeadness. But nevertheless, people wanted to know more about this fictional character and the writing process that created him. And the localized monster or folk hero became a piece of intrigue to the entire Western world, which is why we're talking about him today on our Halloween episode. So there you go. That's the whole story of Vlad Dracula the Third. All right. Final scores, boys. Wow. All right. All right. So I went lightest of the crew on our pre-show score here and taking into account, obviously, the impaling. The killing, boiling people alive, Mm kind of hard in the paint there. But I think you put it into good context when you said this was kind of common practice. Yes, actually, I had uh, alluded to what they did to the Munster Rebellion in Germany at the time. Let me give you... did not like cheese. Back to the food. There it is. It's true. I made lots of bad jokes. (laughs) He said he went on that dad joke. He got the HGH of dad jokes. (laughs) (laughs) performance enhancing dad jokes no uh they, so i there's a, a really great podcast uh called hardcore history with dan carlin and he did one where they talked about the monster rebellion which i knew nothing about and at the end things go wrong for these for these rebels and what they did to them was uh they would tie them up so their arms were above their head and they would put pincers like big hot pincers oh. into a fire until they got red hot and then they would just pinch pieces of their flesh off oh. until they died. It's like branding, but while taking it back with you yes. at the same time. And uh, there was a number of them, and they the, they were all tied up and forced to watch one of their guys go first. Oh. So one of the guys was literally trying to hang himself on the ropes so he wouldn't have to deal with it, and they intentionally like held his head up so he couldn't, so he could catch the pitchers. They started oh. with the armpits. Oh, no! They would actually take the hot tickle, pincers tickle, tickle. and tear his armpit skin out so yes motherfuckers went hard in the paint when it came to there's also a tendon that you got to grab on right there they would just pull it apart and then they would pass out from the pain and they would wait wake them back up up. and yeah and then um they had a thing called breaking someone on the wheel which is that they would tie you to a big giant wagon wheel 
across it so that they would uh, swing a, a hammer into your legs so it would break your legs into the wheel spokes. Oh. That was a very common method called breaking on the wheel. Ah. So the Munster Rebellion mm-hmm. was not Eddie and Herman just it angry was not, at like no. property taxes or <laughs> no. yeah, g- general life things no, that would no, make you mad. No, no, not at all. No, I don't think so. Huh. They actually hung the, re- the, the rebels in cages above the church belfry. Those cages are still there to this day. Really? Yeah. After it was over, they left their corpses up there to be a warning to anybody, like, don't fuck around. And uh, they still leave it there today just to be like, there. hey, you remember. Can, if, you, if you Google, like, the Munster Rebellion, you can go see it. You can see the cages where these people were hung. This is, this well, is like 500 years ago. Stuff, huh? It is. I, if you ever get a chance, uh, I don't always like to plug other shows, but the Dan Carlin episode on the Munster Rebellion rocked my fucking socks off i was like jesus christ this was a rough time to be alive hmm. interesting yeah so anyways i'm sorry no, I, I, again i thought it was eddie and herman upset about their uh property tax rate it was the uh the monster it certainly <laughs> was all right um so taking everything into account number of people killed the way in which he killed them the way he kind of carried himself. I didn't realize he was in prison that long. Yeah, I didn't either. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's 14 years in the middle of your prime. Mm-hmm. It's like Muhammad Ali on steroids, though. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. He wants to come back, but he didn't get that chance to fight Joe Frazier. Mm-hmm. He just got decapitated. <laughs> <laughs> they sent his head off to the king. Muhammad yeah. Ali almost got decapitated, too, by Joe Frazier on that first fight. That's true. Vlad wasn't dodging the draft at all, either. No. no, no he no. was running straight for it. My initial score was a 7.5. I'm going to take him to an 8.0. Wow. Wow. I mean, honestly, though, like you said, this is pretty, I don't know, call them crimes. His activities and the way he went about things yeah. was pretty, I guess, average. According to things yeah. that you're yeah, telling me, you true. know what I mean? Like the things it's, that it's I've learned. It's not out the of way, the norm. Yeah, the way they carried themselves back in the day. Is it terrible? Absolutely. Is it just, you know, absolutely humane? Yeah. But. That's kind of how they rolled back in the day. Just, you know, people were terrible. If we go back and look at we did our Columbus episode. Yeah. He wound up being a gigantic asshole. He yeah. has the highest score mm-hmm. that we've done an asshole yep, for. It was sure. Christopher Columbus. Sure. You know what? I'm going to go 8.5 at least. 8.5 on Vlad the Impaler. Yeah, it's rough. It is tough. But you have to put it in context, and that's totally true. And these dudes back then were much, much rougher. But it's, you know, there's a deeper dive into that is like like the, the sense of what uh, law was back in the day and to punish crimes the whole point of it was to be punitive to make everybody feel like i don't know like th- they were punished it yeah. wasn't to like try to like right or wrong it was just like i'm gonna fuck this dude up oh, if this guy lived in 1995 he'd be on the fucking upper end of the scale with Hitler, oh he could you know? never get up to twenty thousand right in yeah exactly but right. it was 1450s or whatever mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. it was like uh i think it's valid how they rolled yeah. you know what i mean fair enough I'm going to jump on the opposite end of that. I always put kings and people of high rule a little bit higher than I would other people because, I mean, you've got to be a little bit sinister to be a king back in the day. You had to make those tough decisions, and it usually wasn't for the good of everybody. It was usually for the good of your own court or for your own house. right, yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's, I mean... From everything that I've heard today, he was just trying to maintain power. He was put in a shit position geographically. Yeah. But he did everything that he could to maintain power. And I understand that to a degree. But when you impale, let's just go off the facts. If he did really impale 20,000 people, let's even cut that in half. You impaled 10,000 people to thwart 
an army coming towards you, damn. All right. You could have yeah. just decapitated everybody, but you went the extra mile. And I mean, you stuck a pole up their ass and you were cutting women's tits off and stuffing babies into them. <laughs> like, I'm not meaning to laugh. It's just like you, a turducken. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh my God. God. That's staying in. <laughs> That's, yeah. That was Randy, by the way. And uh, with his 12th food reference. <laughs> Actually, 12th, 13th, and yeah. 14th yeah, right exactly. there. Yeah, three in a row there. And, um, but yeah, that is just sadistic. I don't care what time you lived in life. There's always you knew what was right and you knew what was wrong and then you decided to act based on what you needed to do. And even if you thought that's what you needed to do, this isn't context court. This is asshole court. And to me, this guy is an asshole. I don't care when he lived if you're doing that. So for me, I'm going to jump Vlad up the ladder and I'm going to give him a I'm just going to give him an even 10. Whoa. All right. Yeah. What did uh, Christopher Colombo wound up at like a nine point? Something nine and yeah. change, I think he was. Yeah, but with your eight and a half and my ten, it's gonna average down. Yeah, it's right. gonna lay on the shoulders of Mikey. It is. It is true. And actually, I am calculating this based on the Christopher Columbo score because Columbus ended up the the reverberations of his acts in history calculated to much more death and trauma to yeah. uh, the indigenous people of uh, the Western Hemisphere. But I'll throw that into geographic location. I think if Vlad had had the opportunity, he would have done it on a much grander scale. And let me remind everyone, the reason we're calling him Christopher Columbo yeah. is, again, from National Lampoon's vacation, where they're traveling across the country, and he stops off an exit in East St. Louis, and he asks for directions from a guy on the side of the road. He says, who I look like? Christopher Colombo? Yeah. So there's I, your reference I in actually, case you're wondering. We're not- I drove through East St. Louis two weeks ago, and it was uh, probably looked very similar to Wallachia after uh, the Ottoman Empire invaded and burned everything down. It was yeah. terrifying. You had a five iron worth of uh, yeah. dead people on stakes. <laughs> I wouldn't have been surprised. Uh, it was pretty terrifying, to be honest. But- Instead of corn, as far as the eye could see, it was impaled people as far as I saw burned out houses and a man cracking a 40 ounce at about 930 in the morning on the road we locked eyes and he was just like yeah I gave up what are you doing (laughs) heading to work Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah yeah. Um, so yeah I'm going to take that into context to be honest because I do feel that the facts matter and Columbus's the repercussions of Columbus's actions mattered more in world history so I'm going to give uh, old Vlad Dracula, I'm going to go ahead and give him a 9.25. All right. Just Three to square. balance the yeah. score. All right. With an 8.5 from Randy, a 10.0 from Buddy, and a 9.25 from Mikey, Vlad the Impaler's final asshole score is a 9.25. All right. All right. Fits. I think he's right around there with Columbus. Sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Bad fucking dudes. Yeah. Bad, bad men. Exactly. All right, dudes. Well, excellent. Yeah. Well, we hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Asshole Court. Tune in a couple weeks for the next episode. As always, if you like what we do, give us a follow on all our social media platforms at AHC Podcast. We hope everyone has a spectacular Halloween, and we'll see you next time on Asshole Court.